Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Greetings, everyone. Welcome back. Another Monday night show here on the Wolverine. A championship Monday night show for the third year in a row. It's a two-man booth today. Anthony Broom here along with Clayton Safey. A lot to get to. Obviously, we're going to revisit and put a bow on Ohio State weekend because, quite frankly, they're a bigger fish to fry, but I want to soak this one in just a little bit more. Uh, we'll talk Jim Harbaugh being allowed to be back on the field. Chris Partridge released a statement today, so some things to get to there. College football playoff implications on the line, obviously, this weekend as well. And then, as we do every week, we will take your questions at the end of the show. So, uh, at first, I'll open it up to my co-host here, Clayton. Welcome back. Not a bad few days. I never left, AB. (laughs) Nice. We're here. Uh, Great and glorious weekend, obviously, and headed back to Indianapolis for some steak and football. So who could possibly have it better than us? It's a great question. I don't know. Uh, uh, Steak and football. A couple weeks ago, it was crab cakes and football for us. Back on the road this weekend. For uh, shout out, shout out, old Prime Forty Seven. We're partial to the Prime, the folks over there. So probably maybe swing over to St. Elmo's at some point. We also can't get into St. Elmo's; they're booked up. But you know, yeah. Well, apparently the Buckeyes held on to their reservations, so we couldn't quite get in there. But um, Clayton, I want to start here because it is—it's somewhat breaking news. You wrote a story about an hour, hour and a half before we came on here about Chris Partridge releasing a statement. Obviously. If people don't recall, a couple weeks ago, uh, right before the Maryland game, Chris Partridge was dismissed uh, for his alleged role or uh, dismissed by the university as it pertains to something that went on with the NCAA investigation into Michigan. So I want to lead there first before we go into the meat and potatoes of the show. What's going on there? Well, yeah, you said it. I mean, he got released because of something pertaining to the investigation, and from what we had heard, too, at the time, he, he didn't have knowledge of or was involved in anything that Connor Stallions allegedly did. So, you know, I know there were some national reports using the two words destroying evidence, uh, and it didn't seem like that was accurate. And he kind of dispelled that with with his statement today, basically saying, um, you know, uh, there were uh, the manner in which the termination of my employment and my role as a coach at Michigan has been reported is inaccurate, has resulted in people speculating and making my assumptions about my knowledge of or connection to the sign stealing allegations within the football program. He said he had no knowledge whatsoever of any illegal scouting or sign stealing. Additionally, at no point did I destroy evidence related to the ongoing investigation. He said that ward manual and the athletic department told him that it was a failure to abide by the university directive, not to discuss an ongoing NCAA investigation with anyone associated with the program. And obviously that's kind of, you know, what we had heard at the time too, was that, uh, maybe he discussed it with some players, but he said he, you know, he took takes pride in being a trusted mentor to the athletes that he coaches. Uh, he wants to be a source of support through thick and thin for every student athlete. Um, you know, classy statement saying, you know, he's still rooting for Coach Harbaugh, the the players, the coaches as they continue their quest for a national championship. Uh, CP man, it is sad to see him go uh, the second time at Michigan, um, and 
and maybe may an overreaction here by Michigan, but it's obviously just weird times where you kind of got to cooperate and you got to show the NCAA you're serious. So it's kind of one of those weird deals. Yeah, there was this narrative that emerged that he was like going around Schembechler Hall and taking magnets to to hard drives and and destroying evidence, and that was just again more reckless speculation and reporting from the people that were reporting on it. Again, it seems like uh, again don't know the exact details, but uh, whatever it was, uh, it was discussed with it was discussed with someone it shouldn't have been discussed with, and Chris Partridge is no longer with the program. So uh, good to see. Him at least clarify that. Obviously, uh, he did miss him at times on Saturday. Uh, I don't know that, and it's no disrespect to young Mr. Jimmy Rolder, but I don't know that Jimmy Rolder's in a game covering Cade Stover um, if Chris Partridge is the linebacker's coach, but we won't um, we won't spend too much time on that. Just thought it was interesting to lead with, um, and again, it's it's onward right now. It is onward to Ohio, or onward past Ohio State, of course. It's onward to Indianapolis for a Big Ten championship. And more, more likely than not, of course, there's always a chance of chaos happening. They're headed back to the college football playoff with a win. But before we talk about all of that, of course, a very busy Sunday and Monday in our orbit, I do want to talk about our friend Susie Surma. Uh, Susie Surma, you know we've been talking about her and her her, uh, her role as a realtor uh, with Modus Realty here for a few months now. And the question is simple. Is now the time you should sell? The market is definitely hot for sellers. The key is having the right agent list your home to maximize your potential earnings. Having the right realtor can change the outcome substantially. So it's extremely important to have someone who will give you honest advice and provide a marketing strategy. Susie Surma is the local expert that can help you through the process. If you're in the Ann Arbor or Detroit area, we all have questions like, are you ready to make the move, but not sure where to start? Contact Susie Surma today. She's going to answer all of those questions for you to prepare your home for the market. Is my home ready to list? A great realtor can be a difference maker on how much your home sells for and how quickly. Susie Surma's listing evaluation includes a market marketing strategy plan. So contact her today to book an appointment. It's a huge decision to sell your home. It's a huge decision to buy a home too. Susie Surma is going to help you out on either side of that spectrum. So I'd want an experienced agent on my side. I'm sure you guys would too. So go ahead and contact Susie to start your customized home evaluation today. You can call her at 248-767-5633 or email, email her at Susie at modusre.com. That's S-U-S-I-E at M-O-T-U-S-R-E.com. So thank you to Susie Surma for her continued support of the Wolverine. All right, Clayton, there was obviously everyone likes to to bask in the glow of the Ohio State game, it's it's been business as usual. You turn the page to a game week now for Michigan, but I do want to park us in Ohio State land for a bit because, as the thumbnail of the video says, Michigan owns Ryan Day. Michigan owns Ohio State right now. Uh, again, they stripped every strip everything away over the weekend and played a football game. And when the plays were there to, that needed to be made, Michigan stepped up and made those plays and. You know, one win, again, I get it. One win can be a blip on the radar. Two wins, okay, good for you. You you, follow, you found a way to follow it up two years in a row. Three wins is a stranglehold. And three wins that send you to Indianapolis is a stranglehold on this conference. In the fact that, and, and I watched the replay of the game yesterday. I'm sure you've, you've watched it at least once at this point. Um, I'm speculating here, of course. But coming out of this game, 
with the stakes that were on the line in, and let's call it what it is too. There will never be an Ohio state Michigan game like this again, with the stakes that Saturday's had, not just with conference expansion coming up, expanded playoff coming up, but with all of the storylines off the field or, you know, away from the players, uh, Clayton, your thoughts after revisiting that game now that we're, you know, a little over 48 hours from it uh, having taken place. I guess I was muted there. It, it means another 365 days that Michigan fans can be on top and Michigan players and coaches of this rivalry, um, you know, they can, they can bask. I mean, I'm not ready to move on from how special Saturday was and what a special game it was and, and an incredible performance by Michigan. Um, and, you know, I think that's kind of what it means. Ryan Day falls to one and three, you know, despite whoever was trying to get Jim Harbaugh off the sidelines succeeded in that. But in the long haul, it may have made Ryan Day look worse because he lost to Sharon Moore on Saturday. And, you know, that's something he's going to have to live with. I mean, I don't think he's getting fired, nor do I think he should. I think it would actually be Michigan fans should should be happy about that if they tried to bring in somebody else. Um, so, you know, I think he's going to be there, but he's going to have to live with that noise for the next 365 days or whatever it is at, at this point, if you're doing the math. So, you know, obviously feels great for Michigan. You're moving on and Ohio state is sitting here again, going into another conference championship weekend where they need even more magic for them to happen to get into the college football playoff last year. You just needed a couple things to happen. USC being the biggest one going down to Utah in the Pac-12 championship game. But there are, you know, quite a few more dominoes this time. So, um, you know, I, I wrote this after the game. So, it's you know, obviously three straight for the first time since the 90s. And, and back then, in a lot of those games, you know, Michigan was not the better team going in. And, you know, this game they were favored and and everything else, but the, the last two, they were underdogs, but Michigan kind of had this mental edge and this belief that they were going to get it done. And not only do you believe you can get it done, but you know how to do it. Uh, you have players that know how to do it. And then the young guys are kind of watching the guys that are playing. And then when it's their turn, they know what to do. And, you know, it's kind of the theory in, in sports when you kind of build a culture where, you know, Bill Belichick gets fired in Cleveland, but then he goes to new England, has some success. You can sell to the players you're coaching. Like, Hey, I know it's going to be tough. We don't operate like a regular organization, but if you buy in, we have proof, tangible proof that it leads to these results. Jim Harbaugh was trying to do that, do that at the beginning of his tenure fizzled a little bit there because probably they didn't have the results to sell to that kind of middle Jim Harbaugh tenure teams. And then now they do. So it's just going to, you know, continue on and on, assuming things stay intact with uh, the way the Michigan program's going. But I mean, hats off to Sharon Moore. I thought he coached an incredible game and the rest of the staff and the players stepping up in big moments. You don't have your head coach, but they still performed at that high of a level under pressure. They were the team that was, you know, cooler, calmer and collected. Um, you know, obviously the Zach Zinter moment, you know, that kind of fired them up. They score on the next play. I thought that was a, one of the more, you know, incredible moments from a, a bad perspective and a good perspective. Just a, some, you know, a spectacle to see that I've ever seen, um, you know, in, in my wa time watching Michigan football, the way the crowd got into it and the way that, you know, Blake Corum scores and throws up the six, five and Michigan rallied from there. So just, uh, you know, so many different things went into this win and so many people deserve credit as evidenced by Jim Harbaugh's nine minute quasi opening statement during his press conference today. He was asked one question, uh, doesn't, doesn't like to give opening statements, but then 
he'll get asked the first question and he'll use that to just talk about whatever he wants to talk about. So it's kind of an opening statement, but he was going on and on about, you know, just how many people there are to give credit to for what Michigan did on Saturday. Yeah. And I want to bring up a couple super chats here. This first one from Wolf Gamer for $5 says not once did I see OSU coach or players acknowledge how good their opponent was. They will continue to lose to Michigan until they respect us. Um, <laughs> I mean, again, it, it's more excuses coming out from down there, right? I mean, you have them talking about missed calls and you have them talking about the, the fix being in from the Big Ten. First of all, <laughs> that argument carries no water at all, given how the last month or so has gone on. Um, I'll just say it. Ward Manuel doesn't have the same power that Gene Smith does when he says tells a sideline staffer that he'll get the Big Ten involved um, in whatever went on down there. And guess what, Gene? We know. We're aware of that. That's the most self-aware statement he's maybe ever made. It's true. Um, I was talking about this on a hit earlier today. Someone asked, it was a great question. I think it was the guys at SiriusXM. They asked, you know, Michigan's been on the other side of this before, obviously, where yes. Ohio State has has the upper hand in the rivalry. So from your perspective, like, what does it take to turn that around? And for me, I think when Michigan finally realized it had, I mean, it had an Ohio State problem for a long time in a variety of ways, but when they turned this thing around was when they became self-aware and they respected the opponent they stopped looking for excuses for why things didn't go their way and they just put their heads down and went to work and you know when you go back and you look at that game on saturday i thought that ohio state team played their tails off it's the best ohio state has played in the three games that we've seen the last few years in my opinion anyways um it was a four-quarter fight but in those key moments where you know sharoma was going for it on fourth down and they weren't settling for field goals. Well, they did settle for a couple of field goals. But, you know, in the big moment where you needed your coach to show some cojones and step up, I thought that Ryan Day turtled. I did. And that's the kind of thing that, you know, from their perspective, it's they'll look to everything else. They'll look to the signs from two years ago, from last year. They'll look at any number of things but themselves in the mirror for why it hasn't gone right for them. And, for a while, I, I can sit here and say, I think Michigan and Jim Harbaugh at times were guilty of the same thing. But the, the key is that they always respected the opponent. And I still, you know, coming out of this, I still don't see that. And I know things are still raw down there. They'll continue to be raw because that's how they are down there. But, you know, until you have that respect for an opponent, until you have this, until you realize it's a you problem, you, you don't start to turn the tide in a rivalry until you realize that, you need to change the way that you approach this. And that's three years in a row where we can honestly sit here and say, Ryan Day is not about that life and Ohio State is not about that life. Yeah, maybe not. And it's always it's always interesting because when a team loses, then everyone starts kind of picking apart every little thing that that they do. And is it this or is it the the comment after a loss, you know, by one guy or or whatever? I mean, it's you know, it goes back to me kind of pushing back after the TCU game of, well, Michigan didn't take them seriously. They were overlooking them. It's like, yeah, I mean, it's easy for us to say now, um, but you don't really know. And, and the calculation is really hard to come up with. Um, I think I thought I agree with you. I thought Ohio State played incredibly well on Saturday. I thought they fought, you know, hard. I thought, you know, it's funny. There was so much talk about them being a tough team and more physical. And again, I think, you know, 
that they did improve their physicality. I think they improved their toughness. I thought they played a good game. Sometimes the other team's better and tougher. And I think that's the case with Michigan. Um, you know, so to an extent, I would give more credit to Michigan than I would blame to Ohio State. And that was the same thing I was saying back in the days when Michigan, quote unquote, couldn't beat Ohio State either, even under Jim Harbaugh, even though they should have won in, in 2016. So if they, you know, if these Ohio State people on Twitter want to go back and, and talk about calls, let's go back to 2016. But, um, you know, so I would just kind of put it more on what Michigan did. They made the plays. And AB, we talked a week ago, um, you know, I think on both the shows we did together was, well, let's kind of look at this matchup. You got to start with the quarterback position. And I thought Michigan had the quarterback, uh, better quarterback going in. JJ obviously played better. Kyle McCord made a couple mistakes. And, you know, certainly, you know, the last one wasn't all on him. Jalen Harrell with a great pressure and Donovan Jackson gets absolutely flattened uh, and, and, you know, he gets the hit on him. But Michigan made the plays. Ohio State didn't. Um, you know, you could question a couple of things Ryan Day did in that game. Um, but ultimately, I, I thought Michigan was a better team all season long and the better team won at home on Saturday. Let me say this. Can we can we set a reminder for ourselves for in a in a year or 51 weeks from now to not care about the result from the week before the Michigan Ohio State game for either team? Because that is getting so old every you know, where it's like the only thing that mattered for a team that maybe struggled coming in was that last game. It's a whole new season. As Michigan showed, I mean, they were way more aggressive play calling. Um, you know, I thought Sharon Moore did a great job there. They bring out their bag of tricks. I mean, Alex Orgy's running. Donovan Edwards is throwing. Kalel Mullings is blocking. I mean, I thought the wrinkles Michigan showed in this game were very, very good. And who cares about that Maryland game anymore and how they played, other than maybe injuries and that sort of thing. Uh, but JJ looked healthier, and you know, I thought, I thought it was just a testament to what Michigan poured into this game all season long, and then the focus they had during the week, despite not having their head coach ready to go on Saturday. Yeah, I think the final thing I would say on this topic is, you bring up the word toughness, and I wrote about this on Sunday. You know, toughness. Great column, by the way. Fantastic. Oh, thank you. Um, you know, toughness is not a card that gets punched and you turn it in to redeem a victory. Like toughness is a prerequisite. Like mm -hmm. you need to just bring toughness to this game, you know, to win this game, you have to have the player. You have to have poise both on the sideline and on the field uh, with both coaches and players. You know, how many times you think of, think of the Rod Moore interception. Think of you know some of those big plays that went Michigan's way. How many times have we seen, even just in the Harbaugh era, Michigan dropped the interception. You know, I think if this game is in 2016, 2017, whoever's playing the Rod Moore role maybe drops that interception and Ohio State goes down the field and scores. Like, let's give credit to, because players win football games. That has been my biggest takeaway from all of this, going back to what happened right before the Michigan State game with the emergence of these allegations, all that. Players win football games. Coaches can put them in positions to succeed or fail, but it's ultimately incumbent upon the players and the guys on the field to handle their business and step up in that big moment. All this talk about Maserati Marv, Heisman Trophy, he wants to be, he wants, he wants all that. Hey, maybe run a route to completion and don't let don't get knocked off your route by Will Johnson. Like he made some great plays in this game, but the one that mattered most. Arguably, you spotted Michigan seven points. Um, 
Michigan was the more poised team. Michigan was the team that I thought the body language was better, has been better throughout the last three games. And yeah, I mean, it was a four quarter fight this year and felt like we were overdue for that because these games haven't been close between these two teams since oddly enough, the John O'Corn game in 2017, but Michigan won on Saturday because it had better players and they stepped everyone. Think of the stars on this team, everyone on this Michigan football team that we look to as being go-to guys to make plays, to set a tone, had a moment in this game. Every one of them did. And that's what wins you games in this rivalry. That's the difference. So no doubt. And well, you talk about players being the ones to, to make plays and you're wearing an MCDC shirt. We hate the guy every other week because of some decision he makes on a fourth down. But the reality is if his guys pick up the fourth down and we're talking about uh, Dan Campbell here with the lions, for those who don't understand you know, the nickname there, motor city, Dan Campbell, he's also an ACDC guy. Um, so I thought about that too. And, uh, you know, when you think of the fourth downs Michigan went for, they were great designs. I mean, especially the breaking tendency doing that, um, you know, the play action to Colston Loveland on fourth and one was, was just a thing of beauty. You know, the fact that Michigan inadvertently probably a, a little bit, cause their best chance of getting those were handed off to Blake Corum, but all year they were kind of setting that up basically. Um, and then they go with that. But, you know, if he drops the pass or if J.J., you know, throws it off the mark, then, you know, you might be thinking differently about the decisions they made. So I agree with that. And then on the John O'Corn, you know, I'm glad you invoked his name because they're, you know, the last time we could say in this rivalry, the last time at the big house, the quarterback had the ball in his hands, potential game-winning drive to go down and score a touchdown, but threw an interception. It was Kyle McCord that did that, not John O'Corn anymore. So John O'Corn, you're off the hook. Vindication. Uh, Kyle Nick O'Corn, we'll, we'll call him. Um, no, that's disrespectful for John. Can we lay off John O'Corn? It, it's been enough time. Phenomenal guy. Did a lot of good things off the field. Maybe was in a little over his head, but that's not his problem. Um, Want to take this one from AM89, a $50 super chat. And we have a couple ones in here. Uh, I see one from Devin. I see one from Chris. We will get to those shortly. I wanted to get this $50 one in here, though. Uh, no excuses left for o- OSU, no matter how many times they, we say it, that can't be said enough. Absolute vindica- vindication for what has happened over the last se- last three seasons. Guys, have something tasty in Indy. I cannot make it this year. The last two were epic, though. Yeah, I mean, first of all, thank you so much. Very generous donation um, to the cause here. Uh, seems like the travel budget's going to get pushed to its limits if this thing goes to completion. So uh, we do appreciate that from you, AM 89. Yeah. I mean, there aren't, there aren't any excuses. Um, yeah. It's, it's been three football games that went Michigan's way because they made the plays they needed to make to win them. Um, as far as Indy goes, we do have our, we do have our prime 47 reservation. We are excited for that. Um, but it's starting to feel like business. It's a business trip now, Clay. A couple years ago it was, Oh my God. You know, we've been hearing, it seems like every time, I'd go to Indy or I, uh, a few times I had been to Indy before that. I go, Oh, you should try it in December. It's really fun there. <laughs> well, now we've been there. We'll be, we'll have been there three years in a row in December. We've been there countless other times for other events, but it's uh, it doesn't really get old. Does it? No, I mean, it's uh, who's laughing now. Basically the people making the jokes are, you know, firing coaches and, Hiring coaches that have under 500 records, that sort of thing, um, and they haven't gone to Indianapolis in 
quite a while, nearly a decade, one program I'm thinking of in particular. So yeah, it does feel like business as usual. I, th- I think you heard me in the press box as I was getting ready. JJ kneels the ball or, you know, kneels down. I grab my backpack. I grab my coat. I get up, head down to the press conference. I said, yep, it's feeling routine at this point. And it kind of is. I mean, it was, it's funny talking to different Michigan fans since this game. Like you can't, you cannot, man, just like you can't manufacture toughness. Um, you know, it's kind of a, a thing that you, you know, you just have to live 365 days a year. You can't manufacture how special that win was in 2021. It was, you know, just like 1969 when you talk to people that were around back then and, and paying attention and, and maybe at that game, that sort of thing, guys who played in it. Um, this one was special for so many reasons for the Michigan fan base, including the vindication that I think AM89 is talking about here. But it does feel more like, all right, what's next? And Jim Harbaugh said that on his teleconference on, on uh, Sunday where it feels like more than ever this Michigan team's ready to move on to the next goal. Blake Corum said it right after the game quoting Kobe Bryant saying, you know, job's not finished. And and he's right. You got to get it done against Iowa. But certainly they're going to savor this one. Uh, AM89, I hope you savor it, cherish this win. Too bad you can't make it this year. Appreciate the uh, the super chat for sure. And uh, thanks for watching and, and all your support. Thank you, AM89. I, we haven't even meant – have maybe it's just my old age. Have we even mentioned the fact that, again – I want to bring it out one more time. Brian Day lost to the substitute teacher, right? Like that's the bit that's been going on. Um, I mean, he did. <laughs> it's kind I of. I can't believe it. In in some respects, I can't believe it. It's no, no offense to Sharon Moore, but like just kind of thinking back that Jim Harbaugh wasn't there and Ohio State couldn't get it done. It's I, again, I'll, I'll go back to it's more of a testament to me of what Michigan did than it is some sort of you know, something damning against Ohio State. But if you're Ohio State, you're going to have to sit there and, and face what Michigan faced for many years in this rivalry. And the questions that Ryan Day gets, they're all fair because they do have more talent. They recruit better. They operate like an SEC school in a lot of different ways, like a football factory. And they're not getting it done against a team that, you know, realistically, Michigan should probably beat them one out of every three years. Michigan wasn't doing that. But, you know, the talent gap there, Maybe that's that's what it should be. Um, but Ohio State, you know, it may fair or not, they're gonna have to face all that the rest of the the rest of the year. Yeah. Well, you know, they may have more talent at the skill positions, but they don't they just don't have it where it counts. They they don't. Um in the trenches, that's where Michigan has won this game. And again, you want you want to talk about okay, here, uh you think that we've had your signs here. We're gonna we're we're running the football. There you go. That's what that's what we're doing. And that's what Michigan did to kind of that seven-minute drive to uh, to close out that game again. You would have liked to finish it with a first down, finish it with six even. So had yeah. to settle for the three. Put yourself in that spot to have to play some defense with less than a minute to go. Uh, with no ideal. Will Johnson. Yeah. yeah, not super ideal, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that pretty much sums it up. Uh, Shane Johnson here with a 1999 super chat, and then we will get to the. We're just gonna we're just gonna keep rolling with it, guys. Uh, we'll get to the ones next. Um, Shane Johnson says, surprise didn't get more pressure on McCord. Can we build a statue for Mikey Sainer still uh, for his play in just in three Ohio State games? Think more would wait five years as a coach and waiting with a big raise. Big house was electric. Being on the field after was surreal. Um, of course, Shane was on the field. I mean, that's 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 if I had a bingo card, that would have been 
easily one of the squares on well, there. Well, he sits first row, I think. So Shane got had the easy. <laughs> it was tough talking to people. It was tough getting down there. The field was packed. It was kind of chaos. Um, so good for you, Shane. I'm glad you enjoyed it. But keep going, AB. Yeah, I wanna um, I wanna park on this one for a second, only with the Sharon Moore and the the coach and waiting thing, and it actually ties in with uh, Shane. We'll bring yours back up, but uh, Chris Sheehan had one for four ninety nine where he asked, "Do you guys think Jim is going to pass the torch to Sharon after this year?" Thanks for everything you do, guys. Go blue. I think it's pretty like if I'm setting the odds right now, I Sharon Moore to me is is easily the odds on favorite to be that next head coach. Now, is that after this year? I don't know. Is that two years from now? Is it four years from now? I'm not sure. Uh, I think that, um, I think that what we have here right now in this situation with Sharon Moore in Michigan is that it really kind of feels like Jim Harbaugh has his, his Brent Venables, his Kirby smart, where those guys, like those guys could have had head coaching jobs way sooner than they did. But you either stick it out or you wait for one of those blue chip gigs to open up. And, you know, with what Sharon Moore has done, you know, wouldn't be surprised to see him. Obviously like he got looks last year. I believe he may have gotten a few looks the year before that, but uh, to me, I don't, uh, I think he will get a raise. I think he probably will get a coach and waiting title slapped on him. You know, if, if Jim Harbaugh decides to stick it out another five years, Maybe Sharon takes another opportunity, but you know if this if this season ends the way that it has a chance to, I think that could happen. I mean, it's not the elephant in the room is that could happen as early as next year. Um, but I really I do believe that if we're setting a board, setting odds for it, you've seen Michigan's next head coach either in 2024 or beyond coach four games this season. Yeah, probably. Um, I, I agree. I think he would be the the favorite. You know, I think you know Jim Harbaugh says things for a reason, um, and not that he wouldn't be praising Sharon Moore for what he's done, but clearly, you know, he thinks that Sharon Moore should be the guy to succeed him. And you know, I don't think Jim Harbaugh knows when that's going to be. Um, you know, I, I would still bet on Jim Harbaugh remaining at Michigan going forward after this season, but. Like Sharon Moore seems to be the guy that, that Jim Harbaugh would handpick. And after what he's done here at the end, uh, certainly it's it's hard to argue with that, especially if people needed just a little bit convincing in the athletic department. I feel like now maybe they've had a little bit more clarity on how they feel about it. Uh, it is different, you know, being the head coach, kind of, you know, stepping in for a few games for a program that somebody else built. And again, Sharon Moore had a lot to do with what Michigan has built. Um but it is different when you're the head coach, when you have to, you know, create the philosophy, when you have to set the culture, when you have to be the guy to close on recruits, on and on and on. There's so much that goes into being a head coach in college football right now. Uh, and Sharon Moore is going to have to prove down the road that he can do all of that. But I think he would be uh, a fantastic, you know, option for Michigan to to look at. And yeah, I mean, coach and waiting tag wouldn't be surprised at all. I mean, we've also seen, you know, guys with the coach and waiting tag wait a few years get a decent opportunity and then go elsewhere. So I think that would be a possibility, but I think for now and for the really for the long term, most likely Sharon Moore's content being here and knows that he's going to have a good shot to be Michigan's next head coach, whenever that is five years, 10 years next year. Um, so I think Sharon Moore deserves a big raise and I think he'll be here, um, you know, with, with as, as high of a title as you can have as an assistant, which he kind of already does. 
um, you know, in the foreseeable future, which is huge for Michigan to keep that continuity and just keep a really good coach on staff. But I think if you're in Indiana, if you're another program looking for a head coach, I think you would be wise to give Sharon more a call. And I think he'd listen, you know, to your initial call, but I think he's content with being at Michigan. Yeah, like I don't think they're in danger of losing him to Northwestern or Indiana or anything like that. Like to me, that's more like I said this on the board earlier today. Like those are more jobs where you look at the four. And I'm going to write about this for Tuesday as well. Like Michigan's had five guys act as their head coach this year, and, and I do wonder what the future of all of them look like. Very different futures potentially for all of them. But like those, like the Indiana job, Northwestern job, that feels kind of like Mike Hart territory to me. Just my opinion on that. If he were to decide to leave for an opportunity, um, Indiana probably is. Uh, I think that's one to keep an eye on. I don't. That's just an opinion. I have no intel on that. Uh, but given his ties to that place, wouldn't be. They'd surprised. be wise to give him a call too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So those, th- that's something I'll go in a little more depth on uh, later this week. But uh, thank you, Shane, and thank you. Well, more pressure on McCord and a statue for Mikey. Oh yeah, there's those two. Um, Seems like they got pressure. I mean, they got pressure on the biggest play of the game at the end. Um, yeah. Again, I mean, there there are times where you know, no matter if it's Vanilla McMilky, as my Saturday co-host Brian Van Bergen calls him, or C.J. Stroud, you give any quarterback time to throw, and they're going to make plays. And there were times where there were plays to be made, but that's going to happen in these showdown type of games. Like, I think we we set the expectation based on what Michigan does against you know, the Nebraska's and the Michigan States of the world. Like it's a good football team. The club, obviously the closest to being your equal that anyone's been all season long. And you know, offense is going to make some plays sometime. There's a very good chance you get to the playoff. You're playing Washington and Oregon and they might light you up a bit in the secondary, but that's going to be the tenor and the tone that those games take on. You just have to make enough plays and, you know, pressure wise, I, I didn't expect them to have like seven or eight sacks on Saturday, but I thought that the the timely plays, especially early on in that game, um, it was early and late where most most of the pressure happened. Yeah, I would say timeliness was was the key there. Obviously, the the one play where they really needed pressure and it had to be one of those plays in that last drive, they were able to get it. And then Rod Moore, it was just such classic Rod Moore, um, you know, coming over and making that interception. That's the Rod Moore we know. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised they didn't get more pressure because that was one of, one of my biggest concerns coming in, and it's been something that I've kind of harped on throughout the season that I think they don't get enough pressure with four guys. Maybe they do against some of those teams you, you talk about that they play some of the weaker teams. But when you get in those bigger games, I mean, pressure is the name of the game because they all have great athletes. They all have good quarterbacks that can make plays when they do have time. So the key is not giving them that time. But – I thought they got adequate, you know, adequate question, uh, pressure, and the defense held up. And the fact that they did it in in crucial portions of that second half without Will Johnson was really impressive. Uh, statue for Mikey Sainer still. I don't know about statue, but you know, I wouldn't be opposed if, if someone wanted to do it or someone put up the money for it. Maybe you, Shane. But I mean, that dude is an all-time leader at Michigan. He's going to go down as you know a legend here he is here he you know was and then he decided to come back this year did it again played well in this game his hit on uh on uh it was henderson right on that yeah. uh on that play i mean he's the smallest guy on the field we've said it all year and he continues to make these plays where pound for pound he's probably the toughest guy out there and the most physical 
again, pound for pound. Um, so Mikey Sainer still, Blake Corum, J.J. McCarthy, um, you know, Trevor Keegan, Zach Zinter, the kind of warrior that he is. I feel like I'm Harbaugh just naming names. But, I mean, I could go on and on on the amount of guys that, you know, Roman Wilson. Uh, but the the amount of guys that are, you know, come out of this game and come out of this last stretch from what they've done in this Ohio State rivalry, they will be remembered forever what they did, especially Blake Corum on his birthday having that kind of game and and being the type of leader and, and person that he is too. The fact that he's even on this team is is wild in and of itself. He he did not have to come back and he did and they're twelve and zero for the second straight year. Yeah, he did not have to come back, but he came back to finish his business, and that's what makes what happened with Zach Center like so heartbreaking. I mean, that guy is uh, he's he's. I think if we were to sit here and rank the players on this roster, I think that you might put Zach Zinner somewhere in the top 10. And then you start thinking like, is he top five? Is he top three? He's top is five. He top? No, I know. I'm saying in general, like I think if you were to have that discussion, you would, you'd look at the list and you go, I think Zach Zinner should be higher than that. And I mean, you're probably talking about a guy that's a top three, top four, most important player on this team. So that hurts. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about offensive line and such a little bit later this week. I wanted to, we will come back to questions here. I do have a couple more super chats to clean up. So I appreciate you guys. Uh, feel free to keep sending them in and, and hop the line here. But I do want to talk about this game with Iowa, just super quick, the surface level thing. It, also with the college football playoff ramifications, they're going to put these new rankings out on uh, Tuesday night, it'll be the last set of rankings that are talking points. Sunday will be the ones that matter. But uh, again, uh, Iowa is a team. I said this on, uh, I said this earlier today in a conversation with someone that similar to 2021, I like, like we know the, the jokes, the low hanging fruit about Iowa's offense. I get it. But I feel like playing a team like Iowa in the Big Ten title game, coming off an emotional win over Ohio State is kind of the perfect team to play in that situation because they are going to test your discipline. They are going to test your physicality and they, they do not on defense. They do not make mistakes offensively. They couldn't hit water if they fell out of a boat, but defensively, I think that they, there's a lot of stress they'll put on Michigan. I think that, uh, yeah, I mean, it's again, we've been making fun of the over unders all year. Michigan's a 23, I think a 23 and a half point favorite with the over-under set at 35 and a half. Um, I think Michigan has a chance to hit the over on its own in this game, like it did two years ago. But you know, your early thoughts on this matchup with Iowa. Yeah, I mean, you you want to leave no doubt and win this game. I think there's a path for Michigan to still get in the college football playoff without winning it. Uh, but you don't want to be sweating anything out on on Sunday at noon waiting to see if your name's called sitting in a hotel ballroom uh, in Indianapolis. Uh, maybe if they lose, they, they head right back home immediately. But you, you want to win this game. Certainly you want to win the Big Ten championship. That's one of their goals. So I think they're going to be focused. I think you can just feel it. And it's just even the way I'm feeling that less surprised or, you know, just more it's just more normal to beat Ohio State now. Not that it means anything less or isn't as significant or isn't as special, but I think this team, just just the demeanor of this team, they expected to do this, as Sharon Moore said on Saturday. So I think they're going to be focused. You said it. I mean, Iowa doesn't make the mistakes, especially defensively. They kind of wait for you to make one, and they will capitalize on it when you do make one, when you 
have a ball that's tipped or overthrown, it's going to be intercepted and it's going to be potentially returned far or with a touchdown uh, and end up in the end zone. Their offense is making less mistakes lately, only three turnovers in the last four games. Previously, they had games of you know four turnovers, three, two, two, a couple with one. So they're doing a better job. They don't move the ball well, but as, as uh, Kirk Ferentz said on Sunday, they play to their strengths, and their strengths are their special teams and their defense. And we can joke all we want about Iowa, but the fact that they have won 10 games this year with that offense is impressive. And the offense would have been a lot better if they didn't suffer those injuries early on in the year to Cade McNamara, Eric All, and other guys. You don't have Cooper DeGene on defense anymore for Iowa, but it's still a very good defense. I agree with you. I think Michigan probably will hit the over on their own. Penn State put 31 on them. That was at Penn State. But, you know, great offenses in college football usually beat great defense. It's just kind of the way the game has gone lately. So I would give Michigan a a good chance of winning pretty big in this game. Uh, Again, I think the guys will be focused, and they know that it's just another goal right in front of them that they want to accomplish. I think it's funny. Um, Again, I'm not reading too much into it. This is just kind of the guy that Kurt Ferentz is regardless. But, you know, being on that teleconference with him yesterday, he almost kind of has the attitude like, yeah, it's, I don't know. I mean, shout out to the team. It's going to probably take something special for us to win on Saturday. And I think even, you know, uh, I think even people in Iowa are a little caught off guard. They found a way to survive all this. You know, you lose, you lose Cade McNamara. I think the same day that Michigan played at Nebraska, I think that was the Michigan State game where he tore his ACL. Um, Eric All tears his ACL. Cooper DeJean, or Dejan, however you say it is out for the year as well. So it is, it's a literal mash unit and it does speak to how bad the big 10 West is, but it also speaks to, you know, this is a bunch of guys that have fought through adversity, obviously in different ways and against different calibers of teams that Michigan has. So they are battle tested. They're not going to flinch and we'll see what happens from there. Um, Obviously a lot on the line this weekend in terms of college football playoff implications. Uh, It's, I mean, yeah, it's pretty simple. It's a win in your in situation for Michigan. I really think Saturday was a, the win in your in game uh, for whoever would have emerged from that game. But uh, you're gonna have Georgia playing Alabama. You have Florida State playing Louisville. Um, Texas is playing Oklahoma State. Friday Alabama. night's game uh, is gonna be phenomenal. Washington and Oregon. Uh, I think you and I are kind of on the same page in saying probably rooting for Washington in that game, given that Oregon looks like. It's hit a different gear uh, in, in the, uh, the late stretch here. But to me, it's pretty clear at this point. I think that knowing that the college football playoff is essentially just an expanded sort of reality show that's put together by people in suits in a room. To me, I think it's it, it feels like this is trending towards Machine's going to wind up in the Rose Bowl, probably playing whoever comes out of the Pac-12 title game as a throwback to – Last year, the Pac-12, also obviously Rose Bowl, uh, future conference opponents. I think that's probably what we're looking at there. Uh, from there, we'll see what happens. But I think that's probably the outcome we're looking at regardless of if Michigan's the one seed, which I think, again, this is a top 25, top 20 opponent they'll see in Iowa this weekend. I think that uh, you could certainly make the case, especially if they blow out Iowa. I do think you can make the case for number one, but I think regardless – if you're reading tea leaves, it, it's probably looking like a classic Rose Bowl in terms of who could play each other and then going from there. 
Yeah, I mean, potentially, but they there's still games to play. I mean, Alabama could beat Georgia. Mm-hmm. If you beat Iowa, I think Michigan's then the one. Then they probably play a four-seeded Florida State if they beat Louisville, but they still have to win that game too. Um, and I think, you know, unless you're the one seed playing like fourth-ranked Oregon or Washington, which, again, I don't think would happen because if you know whoever wins that will probably jump to three. Um, but you never know. There's a lot of chaos that could go on here, especially if Alabama shakes things up and then you got Texas sitting there with a head-to-head over Alabama. But I think if you're the one, you don't want to play the West Coast team if the four is a West Coast team. In the Rose Bowl, you probably want to play them in the Sugar Bowl. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how those decisions are made. But still a lot to to um, you know a lot to happen this weekend in terms of the college football playoff and. I know a lot of people have said it throughout the year, but this would have been the perfect year for 12 teams. But alas, we basically have de facto playoff games anyway, like we did last weekend with Michigan and Ohio State. So it's going to be fun keeping an eye on some of these other games. I love the late start to the Big Ten Championship game because you kind of it just feels like a long day down there of watching football, you know, going, meeting up with somebody here, meeting up with somebody there, seeing people you haven't seen in a while. Uh, it's like the you know it's like a family reunion every year down in Indianapolis is becoming quite the tradition. It sure has. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens with. I mean, I feel like again, maybe this is a prisoner of the moment type thing. It feels like some of the best matchups we've had on conference championship weekend, maybe the most consequential uh, championship weekend in terms of playoff implications. And because I know there's someone that's going to ask, uh, I, I think that I don't think OSU sneaking in this year. I just don't. So there's a path though. There is a path. They need like eight things to happen, which they could because it's been that kind of season. Um, but we'll see. Uh, what do you think we move to these questions and then close things out? Here, Absolutely. Uh, let's go to this one. He's been waiting so patiently for us to address it from Devin Scott for $5. He says, why do you think Michigan had zero designed runs for JJ McCarthy against Ohio state? Yeah. I mean, it's a decent question. I think he's probably still not a hundred percent healthy. Um, so I think that that's part of it, but they had some other wrinkles that I thought were were pretty good. But I, I do like when they in- involve JJ in the run game. But I think he was moving a lot better. And from what we had heard, I'm not sure how much practice time he participated in in the Maryland uh, before the Maryland game. From what we heard, he was much more involved and moving around much better for Ohio State. But I think maybe they just wanted to keep him out of harm's way so he didn't tweak whatever it is again. So then you're not looking at a hobbled JJ the rest of the way. That would be my guess. But again, I, I think a lot of the wrinkles they used were, were, you know, pretty darn good. And shout out to uh, the Kalel Mullings, Donovan Edwards package that I talked a lot about last week. It came to fruition with a couple nice plays. Yeah, it did. And I thought someone in the comments said this as well. I thought that JJ moved as well as he has in a few weeks. I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, clearly sort of labored at times against Penn state. Obviously, last week, I mean, we saw it in warm-ups. He just didn't look right. Talked no. to him today on the teleconference. He says that he's as close to 100% as he has been, excuse me, these last two week, or last few weeks. So we'll see. I don't know that I 100% buy that. But um, obviously, this game Saturday, I don't know that they're going to do a ton to put him in harm's way. And then you have those three or four weeks to kind of, let's say, take it easy, but you know, rest up a bit and get a little healthier. A uh, couple super chats here from GoBlue982, who says, My seat looks down the U of M sideline. I saw Urban stand in a stance like he was still coach and once saw him texting after a bad play to Ryan? Question <laughs> <laughs> mark. 
I don't know. The clip that I keep going back to from Urban oh, yeah. Meyer is Charles Woodson getting fired up at the game ceiling interception and Urban Meyer ducking like uh like he's like the tornado drills we used to have in, in elementary school. That's what he always used to do when he was coaching. Like he would do that turn or like look away or or look down or the one time he like got on the on his knees or on the ground or whatever. Well, um, we know we know that Urban's good at looking the other way. So I couldn't have said it better. That's fantastic. <laughs> uh, another one from Go Blue 982. Part of me wants to see the player snub Tony Petiti, walk off in silence, and let Jim glare Tony down with a giant smile as he gets the trophy alone. Michigan should do a private party for fans who went to Indy. Um, I think they have hmm, – be careful how I say this. Saturday will be must-watch television should Michigan take take this game. Um and if Tony Petitti's not there, I think that's one of uh, – cover your ears. Again, dollar coming in the swear jar. I think that's one of the most bitch-made decisions in the history of college sports. Well, he's going to be there, and it's going to be hilarious when I assume he hands the trophy to Jim Harbaugh, assuming Michigan wins the game. I think Jim Harbaugh – I don't think he's going to boy- boycott any of it. I think he's going to alpha him with a handshake. You know, you kind of get the – upper hand there like uh, all the politicians try to do you know posturing a little bit but that's just kind of how Harbaugh is anyway he's gonna stare him right in the eye take the trophy from him celebrate with his team you know a lot of Michigan fans it didn't see Tony by the way on Saturday it sounded like he may have ducked the game the biggest game in his conference and he didn't want to be there also Pete Thamel seemed to duck the uh, college game day set Desmond called him out for it but yeah, I've seen a lot of Michigan fans calling him Tiny Tony or you know Tony Petit. That's not very nice. So please stop using those those two insults, Michigan fans. Please please show a little more respect for the Big Ten commissioner. Yeah, I is. would never call him Tiny Tony or or Tony Petit. Yeah, I'm thinking it's maybe take the trophy and then it's the handshake and the pull towards the power move. Um, Just totally we'll alpha him. Yeah. We'll talk about it. We have a couple of days to think about that. Maybe that's in our no man knows the future segment. Maybe that's what we take bets on on Thursday. I like it. Um, I like it. So thank you. Go blue nine, eight, two. Um, I, I read what's on the teleprompter here. So our friend Isaiah Hull says, uh, read this comment on the air. You coward. So that's a burner. That's not really Isaiah. Yeah. I don't uh, Yeah. I don't know. No, I think it is. Thank you. It Isaiah. Is right Hi, Isaiah. We love you. You're doing a great job. Check out Wolverine's Wear. We don't typically shout out the quote-unquote competition, but Isaiah does a tremendous job over we'll there. Cut that. We'll cut that in post-production. We will cut that. Um, we will cut that. Thank you, Isaiah. Uh, let's go to this one from Kyle Schmidt. It says, any updates on the Harbaugh contract status? Well, he's not here to speak about it tonight, but Chris Ballas did put up something earlier today uh, over on our website again. Um Never take a chance, never turn down a chance to promote our site. Uh, if you use the uh, code UM1, which is in the description below, just for our YouTube uh, subscribers, watchers, followers, you can get yourself two months of access to the Wolverine for $1. That's different than the other deals that are being run. That's just for you guys watching here. So check that out. Um, I think it's still, it's still on the table. Uh, again, timeline, it's just, it's tough to say. I mean, again, I'll just go back to this thing should have been done in the winter. And the fact that it, it uh, I understand why it was paused given what's gone on the last month or so. Again, it would have been kind of funny if they just signed it, signed him to it anyways. But they, uh, there's language in these contracts where if 
a, a head coach is found guilty of something, you know, in terms of an investigation, there, there's an out. You don't pay him anything. And to this point, there's no evidence of that. Just sign the contract, get it over with. And I think there, I think there's a chance that maybe it gets done sooner rather than later. And people are tired of hearing that, but it kind of feels like this might be a week where we can start talking about that again. Yeah, I think it wouldn't have been wise. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago. I don't think doing that on Ohio State week made any sense. But I think now, like they should have got it done not only in the winter, but every day that goes by. It's like, why didn't you do it this morning? Why wasn't it signed this afternoon? Um, they would be wise to do that. If you're Michigan, it sounds like that could be coming soon, as you said. And again, people don't want to hear that. And and I would agree with them. I mean, it's not like we're, you know, we're making the decisions here. So don't yell at us. But um, I think they should get that done because if you lose Jim Harbaugh, you're essentially suspending him forever. If he's not your coach, you're just never gonna you're not gonna have him as your coach. Yeah. So you gotta lock him down. I mean, it's it sounds simple, but I mean, you gotta do what you can to keep the guy because when January and February roll around, you, know, you never know. There's a guy in the comments that's saying uh, the FBI is involved in the Michigan investigation. He, they are not. That has nothing to do with Michigan. Matt Weiss's whatever the hell is going on has nothing to do with Connor Stallions has nothing to do with Jim Harbaugh. Stop bringing it to, to our shows. It's, it's nonsense. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's, that's where I feel about that. I'm going to take this last one here from Josh Kemi, who says, do you think we see more Alex orgy packages? I wouldn't be so, uh, shocked if, we saw it here or there going forward. It feels like definitely something that they like, I mean, all the talk about it during fall camp and then they kind of maybe flirted with it, you know, in different practices here and there. Cause we had heard some buzz going into the year that they were going to use him in some capacity. Then I think they were definitely like, all right, let's just save it. Like we haven't used it yet. Like there's a certain point where you just save it for Ohio state and it worked out well. It kind of jump started that first drive of the third quarter. And they said they had that plan for a while. I could see it here or there going forward. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think he'll be used in any sort of prominent role. But, that, you know, that's not the question here either. So I, I'd say maybe uh, maybe bring it out here or there. But I think people kind of know what they're going to do with him when he gets in there. But either way, it, it worked and he ripped off a 20-yard run. Uh, we do have one final Super Chat to take from GoBlue982. And we'll just, again, thank you for your support. I said, Sam Webb must listen to the show. I said substitute teacher reference three weeks ago. I never heard anyone else say it till Sam's post game. Um, hey, I mean, that's a good that's a good on your part, man. Um, yeah, I mean, that's uh, we're flattered if anyone else in the Michigan we saw Isaiah listens. He's here with us tonight. We're flattered by that. So if anyone else does, of course, we are flattered by it. So, any thoughts on that, Clayton? Um, not really. Okay, we'll get to this last one here from J.R. Garland for five ninety nine. It says, thank you guys for what you do. Go blue. Um, thank you, J.R. Thank you, yeah. J.R. We appreciate it. Um, any other final thoughts before we close this thing out? What a time. What a time. Appreciate everybody commenting and all the super chats. And I mean, it's been a weird year. It's been a fun season, especially on the field. And uh you know, I think Michigan fans have a lot of things to be excited about. So I just can't wait for Indianapolis this weekend to see all the maize and blue faithful out there and see potentially another Big Ten championship confetti shower and onward, onward to, uh, you know, enjoy, continue to enjoy this win. But 
there's more out there for them to get. I got written on a whiteboard here at my uh, at my place, January eighth, twenty twenty four, Houston. Uh, I think we may be making a trip there, and that's certainly the goal for Michigan. So, I think the fans have a lot to be excited about. Yeah, my only question here moving forward now is: Do I get the steak or the sea bass on Friday night? Steak. I'll have to figure that one out. We'll see. We'll you got see. Time. You got time. I have time. I have time. Um, but man, oh man, that every for a lot of people both. this whole week, hell? huh? Get both. Oh, I, I don't know. I, even with all these super chats, I'm not exactly flush with cash at the moment with all this traveling we've been doing. But um, yeah, that's going to do it for us. I appreciate you guys so much for your continued support of our uh, of our fair program uh, of the Wolverine.com. Again, check that code UM1 below uh, for two months of access for $1 over at the Wolverine. Uh, we also currently have a silly season. We don't have to worry about silly season yet. Michigan has a game this week, but transfer portal stuff is coming uh, hot and heavy across college football. I'm sure that'll touch Michigan at some point. Um, obviously the lead up to national signing day, Michigan's got a lot of guys uh, still on the board uh, in terms of setting things up for 2025 and 2024 class, closing up some loose ends there. So, uh, head on over to the website right now. Take advantage of that deal. You can get in with an annual subscription for a first-time subscriber for 50% off. And uh, do you have a final thought, Clay? I saw a Yeah, we, we have one more comment you need to read. JL says, we're all excited for orgy packages, to be honest. Um, I think that's a great place to end. It's a good place to end. Um, ending, great comment. Always good to end with a comment about an orgy package. That's going to do it for us. Uh, we will talk to you soon. And uh, once again, we end another Monday night show completely inappropriate and off the rails, but thank you everyone. We will talk to you again soon. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved. We are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.